Hello and welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast brought to you by 816 Basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Rosefield, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris de Blasio. Thank you, Brian. Pleasure to be here as always. The Greatest Games Podcast is a chance for us to catch up with basketball coaches from around the country and have them tell us about their greatest game. As always, we don't put any limits. It can be their time as an assistant coach, a head coach, freshman coach, CYO coach, whatever they want, just as long as it's a game they consider to be their greatest game. You know, I love it when you start throwing out those acronyms, Chris. It's just, it just gets me really excited. I'm really excited for our guest today coming to us. He just finished his first season as an assistant varsity coach at Saddle River Day School in Saddle River, New Jersey. Coach Dan G. and Freddie, welcome into the show. Gentlemen, it is an absolute pleasure to be a part of this. I'd say I'm an uh, avid listener. Uh, very pleased to be a part. We'll give some people inside info. Thanks to Dan G and Freddie no longer wanting to be the coach at Saddlebrook High School. I was thrust into the position as varsity coach. So we thank Dan for that. I like to think I paved the way for you, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) I worked for Dan for four years as the freshman coach in his program at Saddlebrook High School. So it's very confusing. A lot of rivers and brooks and streams and trouts. Uh, This South Carolina guy gets very confused when we start talking about New Jersey basketball again. I know the big joke is we talk about sectionals and sectional five. I've got no idea what's going on. Now you start throwing out Saddle Brook and Saddle River. Like y'all, it, it, these, these towns are close to each other. They're not very close to each other. Can y'all help me with that a little bit? Yeah, I would say, I mean, uh, in New Jersey terms, we talk uh, distance in terms of time. So I would say they're about 15, 20 minutes away from each other, depending on uh, traffic. Uh, but in reality, they're probably, what, eight, ten miles away from each other. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know why there's a Saddle River and a Saddle Brook in the same town. But then again, New Jersey has three Washington townships. So, yeah. From what I understand, being a, uh, a connoisseur of uh, history and social studies, being a social studies teacher in the area, I believe they're along the same body of water, which is where the name originally came from. And past that, well, they weren't creative enough to change it. Well, that's what I mean. That's why it was my joke before. When is the saddle stream? When is the babbling brook? Like, I don't understand when it changes, but. That's it. That I can't answer for you, my friend. You know, it's really exciting for our listeners. They tune in to listen to basketball and great basketball coaches, and now they're getting geography lessons. And, and it's, I mean, it's <laughs> North Jersey geography. It's, it's amazing. That's, we, that's yeah. my favorite subject. That's what I love to teach. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we'll need to find a new tagline or something like that. Uh, 816 basketball brought to you by the Saddle River. I don't, we'll, fi- we'll figure that part out later <laughs> in, in post production, I guess. So. <laughs> I like it. Uh, coach, uh, so we like to start off with you giving us uh, your coaching resume and how you got from point A to point C where you're at now. <laughs> you got it. I mean, uh, like a lot of the guys that you've had on here, uh, I have a, uh, a long line um, mm-hmm. of where I came from with coaching. I mean, my dad was a football coach, uh, football and baseball coach at Cliffside Park High School, um, assistant coach for a lot of years and when I was growing up I remember going to football camp and things with him and that just always seemed like what people did which is where both my parents were teachers um, and that's kind of how I got into that industry also it just seemed like the right thing to do. Um, The first time that I coached actually was in high school Um, I was working at a basketball camp for my local high school for Northern Highlands and um, it's actually a camp I still work at I'll give it a little bit of a plug Hoop Dreams basketball camp 
uh, with an S. Um, but I'll tell you, it's that's where I first coached my first team, and that's where I caught the itch, I would say. Um, and then from there, I started coaching, or I coached also at another camp at Rampo Country Day Camp. Um, that's where I coached basketball and softball and different things like that in the summer leagues. Um, my first actual basketball coaching job, specific basketball coaching job, was at Belleville um, in Belleville High School, Belleville School District, which is also in New Jersey. Um, that is, I was a eighth grade coach there, seventh and eighth grade coach, and then I was also the assistant varsity coach there. I was probably Oh God, I was probably 21, 22 years old. I just graduated uh, college and, um, you know, trying to take the world on. Uh, and that I was there for one year, got a teaching job at, at Saddlebrook, uh, Saddlebrook High School or Saddlebrook Middle School at the time. It's connected, 7 through 12. And um, my principal who offered me the job said, hey, would you like to uh, coach freshman basketball and teach social studies for us? And I couldn't pass that up. So that's where I started coaching freshmen. I did that at Saddlebrook for four years. Um, and did assistant varsity and all that kind of stuff, learned a lot. Um, and then I ended up going back to my original, where I graduated high school, Northern Highlands, coached there for four years under my old high school coach and my old baseball coach, uh, Mike Stone, over at Northern Highlands. Um, and I did that for four years, had a pretty successful four years as a freshman coach. I know you say freshman and is what it is, but we can get into that too. Um, and then that was kind of what paved the way for me getting my first varsity job at Saddlebrook. I was there for four years. Then I graciously handed over to Blas because I figured he needed something to do. He looked like it. And, uh, <laughs> and then I took the job over at Saddle River Day as an assistant coach um, who coincidentally is coached by Anthony Gallo, who graduated from Saddlebrook, and he was a senior in my first year coaching freshman at Saddlebrook. So you want to talk about a callback, that is, that'll get your head spinning. <laughs> I'll tell you, it is, that's quite the journey. And, uh, yeah, that's, it's interesting to see how things are weaving together for you through your journey. So again, Blas, I'm going to go ahead and jump in here on the Q and a, you mentioned that working at a camp, that was what lit the fire for you to be a coach. And I will tell you that's, that was my experience really too. figured out mm -hmm. like that. I just wanted to do this. I loved it. And so tell me what any belief that you had, once you figured out, like, I'm going to be a coach, I want to be a coach, I'm going to take the world by storm. You kind of mentioned that you're 21, 22 years old mm -hmm. as an eighth grade coach. What beliefs or uh, belief or beliefs have changed now that you've been in the game for, for quite a while? So what, what's changed? A lot's changed. Um, I would say the number one thing that I've learned over the years is at least a dose of humility. Uh, where, it, you know, it's starting at Coaching in the camp said, what, 18, 17, 18 years old, having your own team for the summer. Um, that was, I had no humility whatsoever. And I knew everything. And you couldn't tell me what. Um, I was a big, oh, man, only the only way to play basketball is to be play man defense. And it's the right way to be. And, and I, I still believe it to an extent. I really do believe that Man, basketball, especially at the younger ages, is really how you should teach defense. Um, but when it comes down to nickel and diamond and trying to get some Ws, I'll get a W any way I can. I'll zone it. I'll gimmick. I'll box in two. I'll, I'll throw six men out there if the refs can't count. I'll do what I can do. So <laughs> I actually saw that this year um, in the NJIC tournament that we played in, but that's another story that we can get into. <laughs> um, but So what I would say really changed – 
I would say that I'm no longer rigid in my beliefs. Mm-hmm. I believe that every team is a different team, even if it has some of the same components. And I really believe that every different mix, even if you take one kid out, add one kid, a kid transfers, one graduates, every mix is very different. And to say that I do this is only going to hurt you and it's only going to hurt the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be completely honest and Blas knows too, I definitely learned the hard way. I learned the hard way in a lot of ways. Um, and there were a lot of ways where I was successful in my rigidity, but then when things get a little tougher, you realize you've got to learn to bend. Otherwise you're going to break. That's, that is so true. That is, that is a great lesson for any coach. You can have a core set of beliefs, but you have to be flexible in some way. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about, so when you first coached at Saddlebrook, uh, Brian was a coach, BG. Yes. Sir. And then, and then you've known, and you've known Mike Stone for a long time as your time as an athlete at Northern Highlands and then coaching them. Talk about some of your mentors and some of the things you've learned from them over your time. Oh, it's, uh, I've been blessed to work with some, um, some really good coaches, really great coaches from, from Bergen County and from around the area. Um, I, growing up, I mean, I had a short stint because I didn't play that long basketball. I only played two years at Northern Highlands. I actually played under Mike Kelly. Um, who's another well-renowned basketball coach in, in the area, won a bunch of, won a bunch of games um, at a bunch of different places, um, Woodridge, Northern Highlands, um, different places like that. Also, Brian, like you said, and, uh, and Mike Stone. Um, and also the other one that I would really throw in there um, would be Bob Williams, who was a big, uh, big influence on me also. Bob Williams was bright for you. I know I'm throwing around names, playing the name game. I apologize. Great guys. Um, they sound like great guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you right now, Coach Williams wa- or is the athletic director at Northern Highlands where I went to high school and where I coached for four years. Um, and just like Mike and just like Brian, he was a mentor for me. And he – he taught me with with some tough love and he taught me with some uh with a lot of respect and giving me a little bit of leeway but also reeling me in when necessary um and he always had my back he showed me what it means to be loyal and he showed me what it means to be professional um and again i would say that to all my coaches that that i've coached under i consider them my coaches too i'm sure a lot of other coaches do when i say my head coach it might have been a guy that i've coached under but he's still my head coach in my mind just like brian is and and mike is and and uh, coach williams is i i have have a rough time calling coach williams by anything but (laughs) um so i would say those guys really they taught me how to be professionals. They taught me how to adjust. They taught me how to conduct myself on the sideline or in the dugout because I also coach baseball too. Um, so just really, and the other, the last one I would throw in there, um, talking about baseball, because again, I kind of throw it all together. If you can coach, you can coach. Um, and you see that as an athletic director, you probably have multiple sport coaches where you, oh, where absolutely. you work. I would say uh, Tim Sheldon, who also is the head baseball coach at Saddlebrook High School, um, has been my head coach for basically like nine or ten years now that I've been coaching baseball. Um, he really has been a huge mentor of, of being level head and, you know, just really showing me the ropes of how to be a good coach and what it means to be. 
I'll tell you, I think it's really cool. You talk about your mom and your dad being teachers, and it was, just seemed like a, a logical move for you to, to go into teaching and obviously coaching here too. So, um, and I know you've, you've got an extensive career, have been in several different schools, and uh, some of those schools I, I know after talking to Chris that some of those schools, are, it's, a, it's a challenge to, to win games at some of those schools. So how would you define success for the teams that you coach, whether it's baseball or basketball, but how, how would you define success for each team that you coach? So how would I define success for each team might be a little bit different for how I define success for each individual. I know a couple of uh, coaches have said that on here. Um, I think that's kind of a common theme for coaches. Success for a team is always, I'm, I'm going to steal a line from, from Chris, uh, a team is like a tree. It's either growing or it's dying. And um, if you're not continually trying to get better as a team, really what are you guys doing out there? You're kind of just wasting your time and spinning your wheels, being a hamster in a wheel. Um, but rather than just on the floor for the individual, and I'm saying this now because I've been a coach for, I believe it's been 14 years since coaching at Belleville. So I'm really starting to see my mm -hmm. players become mm -hmm. men. Um, and that's, that's the win for me. I always said, I try to teach my players to be men because men beat boys any day of the week. And that's on the floor and that's off the floor. That's with maturity. That's with a level headedness that comes with a situation like we're in right now with the, the pandemic of mental toughness and, and persevering when things are difficult. Um, so as far as success in general, what I would say is making these guys men and making them better people and making them be the best version of themselves uh, is something I like to say is really that's the most rewarding for me, and that's, that's what I would consider a victory. Wins and losses, I've, I've coached undefeated teams, and I've coached teams that won three We're games. Defeated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> mostly defeated teams. <laughs> um, but in the end, as long as those guys grew and learned something about themselves and about life and about each other, that's a W in my book. Well, how about that, Brian? I was quoted back to myself on my podcast. <laughs> you have a couple of good one-liners, Coach. I've stolen a few. It's pretty impressive. I actually got that, Brian, from uh, the great Lou Holtz would always say that when he was in South Carolina. He would say that at press conferences all the time. <laughs> Next time I write it on the board, that's what I'm going to say. A team is like a tree. It's either growing or it's dying. Chris de Blasio. Lou Holtz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Brian, as you can tell, Coach G and Freddie's definitely fairly animated. Um, I, I can – I get that Coach, vibe. I, I want you to – yeah. <laughs> I want you to tell uh, – you can pick one or pick a story of a time you may have received a technical foul or you may have broken something like a clipboard or a whiteboard. Give, oh, me, give us a good fun story or something. Well, those, are, those are several questions you got there, coach. Um, and I have, I have a couple ways to answer that. Let's, let's tackle the first T first. Um, so my first T was also connected to my second T by a matter of uh, about seven seconds. Um, <laughs> I was coaching at Saddlebrook. It was, I believe, my either my – yeah, I think it was my third year coaching there. The year before, we had a very good year. We were 14-4, and four, and I had grown accustomed to success a little bit, which was a mistake. Um, and the following year, I had 
14 forwards and one kid who could dribble. Um, so the one kid who could dribble was a stud and the varsity team took him for two quarters, uh, two quarters a game. So I only had him for three quarters. Okay. Well, this kid we're playing at Garfield and, uh, coach, I don't know, or actually I know you don't know Garfield's gym, but Garfield's gym, it looks kind of like the Hoosers gym. It's got the, the risers, the concrete all around the, the raised seating, um, and it's got small little padding on the wall just to say that they have padding on the wall, but ultimately it's concrete. So if you dive head first, you definitely have a concussion, but just don't tell anybody and you can get back in there. But <laughs> that's how Garfield works. Um, but anyway, with, with that one, we, my player, the only one who could dribble, gets fouled on the outside, gets by the guy because he had good handle, gets pushed in the back, still no whistle, gets by the guy completely. Help defender comes up and absolutely levels this kid. Now, mind you, this guard is about, it's freshman basketball, and this guard is about four foot six, 75 pounds soaking wet. But the kid had skill, absolute skill. But he gets crushed by a kid who looks like he's been a freshman for about four years. So he's lying on the ground, still no whistle, and I'm out on the floor. Now, Garfield, the other thing about Garfield's gym is the sideline is about I don't know. It's about a size eight shoe and I'm a size 12. Now that's not really an excuse because I was standing in the jump circle, but I'll pretend that that had something to do with it. So obviously I get my first tee, boom. And right away, and this is the natural 23 year old me reaction. Oh, finally your whistle works. Boom. Ejected. And I ended up sitting all the way up at the top of those Hoosier stands because they couldn't tell. I got kicked out of the building because obviously that's what happens with your second, second technical. But I'm sitting all the way at the top of the stands. They couldn't see me because I was out of like, eye level with them. And my assistant coach coached that game. So that was uh, the story of my first technical and my first ejection all within a matter of, I want to say it was eight seconds. To be honest with you, it felt like a half a second. But. That has to be some sort of New Jersey record, right? I mean, can we that go has mark to, that down? That has to be. That has to be. Oh, now yeah. your whistle works. That's a great line. I got to use that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Finally, it works. Finally, it works. <laughs> I knew what was going on there. We were down by 45 or something like that at that point. It wasn't <laughs> the guys rallied, though. We only lost by, I think it was 25. Um <laughs> As far as breaking something, I, I've had a few instances with clipboards. Um, I did motivate one of my freshman teams by breaking a clipboard over my head. I didn't even realize it until after it happened. But it actually worked. We ended up rallying and coming back and actually winning that game, which was awesome. That was at Saddlebrook. That was a four-win season, so that was nice. Um, Laws could probably tell you, in difficult seasons, the nice thing is uh, every win feels like you're winning the NBA championship. That's right. That you really, really appreciate that. That's so there's you know silver linings in absolutely everything. But uh, as far as breaking something, I would say more ripping something would be the story that I would tell for this one. I don't know, Blas. Do you know the story? I think you might. I you know what? Now you just said it. I, yes, you have told me. Yeah. So this story uh, is when I was coaching freshman basketball over at Northern Highlands, um, and we were very successful in the four years I was there. We were 64 and 16. Um, so we had, we had some good years, a couple, you know, undefeated regular seasons, things like that. Um, and this season was kind of an in-between. Uh, we, we ended up 14-7. But we're playing our rivals um, at home, Ramapo High School. We're playing them at home. And um, 
I went to Northern Highlands, so I would like to say I bleed red and black, and I always have, and I always will. Um, and there's something about the green and white that just kind of gives me the, the chills. So we were playing Ramapo, and it was the first quarter, and we were on paper the better team coming in with maybe one loss, if, if that. Um, like I said, we had our ups and downs, but we hadn't had any real downs at that point. And they were having a below average season, so we were really hyped up to, to come and get this game. Um, but first quarter didn't go that way. So after about four minutes, I want to say we're down something like 12 to three, 12 to four and a bang a timeout, you know, we'll say, uh, inform the guys and what they could do better. We'll say, um, in my animated style and then sent them out there to, to take on the world, um, through a turnover, Ramapo bangs a three We're they're running, we're running in transition. I have this catcher stance. I'm sure you've seen what I like to call the catcher stance on the sideline. It's the squat, the coach's squat. Um, And I just hiked up my pants and I was feeling kind of loose and I'm flying down the floor and I get to the edge of the coach's box and I pop right down into my my, uh, catcher stance and I feel a pop. And then I feel a slight breeze. (laughs) And uh, I still in my stance and my team's behind me. I don't know if they really noticed yet. And I do a little reach back and I check, you know, I check the, uh, the back inseam, you know, from, from belt loop to the underneath split like the Red Sea. So I'm there now. Uh, we'll say hanging out from the rear. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that who's sitting behind me, but the entire girls varsity team is waiting for their bus because we're the freshman team and they're waiting for their bus. So they leave at about five o'clock. Our game goes on. So they're watching me. So I go down to the end of my bench and I go to my trainer and I'm like, Pete, Pete, Pete Koenig, great guy. One of the best trainers in, in Bergen County. Let me just give him a little shout out uh, for Northern Highlands. He's been there for, for over a decade. He's fantastic. Trains people from Montclair state. So I go to Pete. I'm like, Pete, you got to have a pair of shorts in your room. You got everything in your room. And he goes, gee, even if I did, they wouldn't fit you. Because <laughs> Pete, Pete's, uh, we'll say Pete's a schmedium, and I haven't been a schmedium since third grade. So, what he does is he gives me a Gatorade towel, one of the little small ones, and I tuck it in on both sides of my pants and I drape it down like a cape from behind. Um, but needless to say, my team thought it was hysterical, but it lightened the mood a little bit, and they ended up rallying, and we ended up beating Ramapo. And uh, shaking, shaking their coach's hand was. Uh, one of my favorite moments. I know it wasn't one of the best games I ever coached, but shaking their coach's hand, who I may not necessarily have gotten along with over the years, um, with a nice tear in my pants, that was, that was a nice feeling. <laughs> Airing out the grievances, we'll say. <laughs> I, it's, I tell you, and Pete, I guess he can add to his, uh, his repertoire somewhat of a, a sideline seamstress, really. I know he didn't really <laughs> stitch anything together, but to be right there with a towel, I mean, that's, that's one of the greatest assists of all time, right? He's always one, one of Johnny on the spots, always, <laughs> always. Great wingman. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is fantastic stuff there. And, um, I'll tell you, that's, uh might be the most entertaining Q&A session uh, that we've had on our show, so we appreciate that. So, <laughs> Don't give me uh, a big head. I'll never get out of the Zoom session. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I can only imagine what our next segment's going to feel like here. So at this time, it is time to hear about the greatest game that you've ever been a part of here, Coach. And it could be a, a game or a couple of games. That's totally cool with us. But if you could give us some background information and tell us why this game is so spe- special to you. Oh, so, Coach, that's – when would it, would it, it wouldn't happen to be February. It wouldn't happen to be February twenty first, two thousand twelve, would it? it uh, you know what? It, it, <laughs> <laughs> you lost that, that one, coach. I know you remember that date. You wrote that date on the board repeatedly that season. That mm. uh, that date was the date that we first met, uh, me and Chris, and that was. Uh, tell you, tell uh, your regular story. Tell your regular story. You don't want that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was another one. Just to tout Chris a little bit, he uh, ended my undefeated season, my first undefeated season on that date. But um, I was going back and forth, and there were two that I was going between. Uh, one is a varsity coach, and one is a freshman coach. Um, my varsity win was one of the best wins that Saddlebrook had had in uh, darn near a decade. Um, I don't want to overshadow any of the coach prior to me. Um, Because he did have some really nice wins, too, absolutely, which I was definitely a part of also. But uh, we had beaten St. Mary's in my final season. Um, I believe the final was uh, 65-62, I believe, something something along those lines. We beat them by, I believe, three. Um, That – St. Mary's hadn't lost a game in their gym. They're the lone Catholic school in our league. Um, so they, we like to, you know, pine a little bit about that, that they get to recruit and we're pulling from a group of 400 kids. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, they hadn't lost a game on their home floor in the league in, I believe it was six years, right, Plus Six or seven years? I, I think it was eight. I think eight years? Eight. It might have been eight years. Yeah, it might have been eight years. I think you're right. Um, and beating them on their home floor when we had uh, the best season that I had had at Saddlebrook, which was, what was it, 7-14, and 14, something, something along those lines. Um, less than impressive, but like we said, in seasons like that, when you have one of those moral victories, it really feels like the NBA championship. But uh, as far as the, the game that stands out for me as the greatest game that I ever coached, and it's just special in my mind, um, that would have to be the 2018 or really 2017, 2018 season, um, which was my last, it was, it was my last team at Northern Highlands. Um, and that was my last year as a freshman coach. Now that team, that, that year was, it was a special team. Um, coming into the year, we didn't necessarily know if we were going to be that good. We had some kids that were really, really talented, uh, things like that. But excuse me, did I say 18? I think I said the wrong year. Um, I believe it was, I think it was 16. I think I said the wrong year. I apologize. Anyway, my last year as a freshman coach at Northern Isles. Um, we had a, a phenomenal run in the Bergen County freshman tournament. Um, I know that a lot of counties and a lot of areas aren't lucky enough to have the funding and the numbers and the number of schools to really have a freshman tournament that really means something aside from maybe five, six, seven, eight teams. Um, but we're pulling from a pool of, of 60 schools and it really is kind of a prestigious tournament for the freshman level. Um, and it really does get kind of exciting. So we had a, a kind of a Cinderella run through that entire tournament and we ended up playing Bergen Catholic, um, which is the, the perennial winner, the perennial powerhouse in the area. Um, and we play them in the finals. And, you know, I'm just teaching, I'm coaching my guys. The fact that we won in 
the semifinals against Pasadena Valley was an awesome win. We won in overtime. It was super exciting. It was really, it was a great time. Um, and I'm just telling my guys, we're going to try to compete. We're going to go out there. We're going to do our best. We're going to play our game and we're going to adjust because that's what we did all year. And that's what got us to this point and just go out there and just love the game because really these kids had a really nice chemistry. Um, and I say it all the time. If you want to win for we more than you want to win for me. Well, at that point, that's how you get those W's. Um, and that was kind of the crew that I had this year or that year. And it was fantastic. So we end up, we go down, we were going back and forth in the first quarter. I believe we were up at the end of the first quarter, which, you know, really got the crowd into it. And no one really thought we were going to even be able to compete because they were 15 kids deep with kids that would have started on my team. No question. Um, coincidentally, they actually had a kid from, the town that I coached in uh, that one of the feeder districts of Northern Highlands. So you could argue he would have been one of my starters. Um, so it give the, it gave the kids a little bit of extra fire to kind of play a little bit harder and kind of dig a little bit deeper. Um, he ended up transferring back to Northern Highlands, make a long story short, which I already failed to do. I apologize. Now <laughs> we end up getting down at the, we, our lead starts to dwindle. We get down in the fourth quarter. I want to say with about four or five minutes left, and we're down 15 and it starts to feel like, uh Oh, like here, the powerhouse is going to take over. This is what happens when the big school plays the, you know, the public school and the old story. And I call a timeout and I get my guys going. And I say, guys, I remember this one. This is one of my better timeout speeches. I say to him, guys, we're going to play like it's zero, zero. And we're going to continue to compete. We're going to try to beat them for the next four minutes and whatever happens, we're going to be able to keep our heads up, right? And we can be proud of our efforts. So a couple shots go in, a couple passes are made, a couple of errant throws on their, on their end. Uh, make a long story short, that 15-point lead dwindles down to, I believe it was a five-point lead, something along those lines, with about 30 seconds left. I know I cut a couple of details out, but that's – it gets a little foggy in my mind at this point. Um, now – one of my last timeouts, call a timeout, get my guys organized. We hit a three. We hit a couple of foul shots. We're within two points. And it's, the gym is now literally buzzing because there's something like, uh, I want to say 16, 17 seconds left. And it's a two-point game. Or it's a, a four-point game. Excuse me. Sorry, my math is a little bit off. I teach history for a reason. So, oops. So, what happens is, get the guys together. My kid gets a steal. We bang a three, two points. It's a two point game. The crowd is going nuts and there's three seconds left. Unfortunately, there's not enough time on the clock. They inbound the ball. We tried to foul. It didn't work because they did the little getaway. The game was over. But can I tell you the reason I say that this was the greatest game that I ever coached was because of the intensity, because of the feeling of the gym, because the bond of the kids, because of the comeback, because of the fight, because of the toughness, really just, it was the culmination of that season. And it didn't even, even though we lost 51 49 that game that I do remember that final score. I remember <laughs> um, what I can tell you is it didn't feel like a loss. Every single kid. And you're talking freshman basketball too. So they had a lot more basketball to play after this. Uh, it really felt like this was, 
this was the building for them. This was really the first stepping stone and it was really special for them. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see it through with them because it was my last year at Northern Highlands. Um, that was when I took the, uh, the, the varsity job at Saddlebrook, but that still stands out. I'll never forget that gym and that feeling and the people buzzing behind me. How many possessions is it? How many timeouts does he have? What, what's the score? How, what does he need to do? And it was, it was, it was awesome. It was really awesome. I tell you, coach, it's a, it's an incredible story. And yeah, I'm sitting here looking at this article online, the the pictures of the article in the article, it, it looks and feels like in, in hearing your story, like a big time atmosphere, like a varsity atmosphere and it's freshman basketball. And, and I, I will tell you, I would love for you to educate, especially our South Carolina listeners, but our, maybe our listeners from outside of New Jersey, it really sounds like freshman basketball. And I've known Chris for a long time when he was coaching freshmen, that it is a big deal. So can you tell our listening audience a little bit more about what this game really means in terms of being a, a big time freshman game? What's it like really coaching freshmen in New Jersey? So freshman basketball in New Jersey is a, it's a special animal, especially in Northern New Jersey and Bergen County in particular, because there are so many schools in such a small area because Bergen County is one of the most densely populated areas, excuse me, in all of the United States. I can tell you that being a social studies teacher. more geography. <laughs> um, so because there's so many people, every town has its own high school and it fills out its own team. So there's a lot of local rivalries with kids who've grown up together, played local sports together, either crossed over in rec sports, things like that. So there's a lot of, you know, trash talking and who goes to a Catholic school versus who stays with the public schools. So that again, adds to the dynamic and the aura of the, uh, especially basketball in particular, but uh, baseball has the same kind of dynamic because they also have another Bergen County um, baseball freshman uh, tournament or the classic. Um, so it really is, it's like a stepping stone for a lot of these kids. And it's it seen in a lot of students and parents and coaches eyes as, okay. Um, and it's seen in a lot of people's eyes as like a way to, to see what the next three years or four years are going to look like. Uh, if these kids together can do this now, well, once they start working with their varsity coach and once they start working as a team and really start working out, um, what are they going to look like and where are they going to be? And it's kind of like a little bit of foreshadowing. So people probably fluff it up to be a little bit more than it is and what it should be, which standard Bergen County move. Um, but it is kind of fun. It is kind of fun. And it is very special, in, especially if you're a part of it. Ryan, uh, you asked that question and Dan did a good job of explaining it. And he talked about the local, the, 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 the rivalry sort of that these kids, when, when I was at Creskill and I had my good freshman teams, my kids all played travel ball in seventh and eighth grade together. And they knew whatever school we were playing, they'd go, Oh, that school has this kid and that kid. Like they were giving me scouting reports in freshman basketball because they had played against these kids in travel ball all growing up. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's what gives it such a special flavor. But, I mean, in all the high school basketball I've coached over the last 10, 12 years, two of the best environments I was ever in were my semifinal and final freshman county game. They were at Richfield Park High School where our buddy Chris Gaskin coaches, and they were both packed gyms. Dan, where was, the, where, was the, where was that final game for Bergen? 
Uh, that was school? at uh, Ridgewood High School. And coincidentally, part of why uh, it, the gym was so crowded, there was um, the BIT following. The BIT is similar to like the NIT in Bergen County. Um, it's like the, I don't want to call it the secondary tournament. It's more for some of the littler guys that didn't make it into what we consider the Jamboree. So right afterwards was another big championship game, and that kind of added to the aura of the, uh, the buzz, I guess you would call it. I'll tell you what, too, just looking at the the actual game itself, a 12-2 run, your quotes in here, growing as men, growing as friends, growing together as a team, the important parts of freshman basketball. I love how you just talk about just really like setting the table for these guys to go on and have great careers moving on. I know you you left there and went to Saddlebrook from there, but uh, – it's a, it's a neat role as a as a coach of really really young men. I, and I've said it for a long time. I've I've coached uh, you know JB basketball, and, it, and it's a lot easier to everybody wants to win, right? But it's a lot easier to focus on the experience uh, and and preparing those guys to move on. So I, I just I love what you had to say there. It sounds like a really 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 great thing. Most definitely. I mean, I think that's the whole thing about sports is it's great to win, um, but it's more about the relationships. It's more about growing getting these guys to grow up and be men and be tougher and be better people. And like I said before, the best version of themselves. Um, that's the, that's the win. That is definitely the win. All right, coach. Uh, I, I probably know the answer to this question, but this is how we like to wrap it up here. If I asked a kid that played for you, you know, uh, seven, eight years ago at Northern Highlands and I asked a kid that played for you this year or, you know, last year at Saddlebrook, What's the one thing they would say Coach Gene Freddie says over and over and over again? Like when they're doing their – when they're sitting around with their buddies doing their Dan Gene Freddie impersonation, which they all do. What's I'm the sure they phrase? do. I'm sure they do. I, to be honest with you, I have a couple. I have a couple, but I'm going to let you answer. Um, I think uh, every once in a while my Italian roots come out and I throw out the capiche. Um, when I'm giving, when I'm giving it to him on the line and things like that, I'll throw out the capiche. Um, my one, <laughs> my old coach, Mike Stone, uh, used to say too, um, after one of the, the Northern Highlands tryouts, he said, these kids, these 14 year old kids and not an Italian kid in the entire bunch, they're going to wonder who's this capiche kid. They're going to think he's definitely making the team. Um, so I think, <laughs> I think that might be one of the lines. Uh, I'd be curious to hear what you have to say, Coach, uh, what I think. Because, <laughs> again, things come out of my mouth, and you don't necessarily recognize that they come out over and over again. It's the people who listen that really that remember them more. Oh, yours at Saddlebrook was Dos Manos. Oh, Dos Manos. Dos Manos. Yeah, use two hands. <laughs> we, we make passes with two hands. We catch with two hands. We, we lay the ball up. With, we need two hands. Yes, Dos Manos. <laughs> Dos Manos, Brian. He would say it over and over again. Yep, Dos Manos. Yes, yep. And finish. I probably I'd say finish and box maybe seven thousand times a practice or a game. Also, so people might uh, either finish more, box more, or just not want to hear it anymore. Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't say an episode that has gone the way that this one has gone. We started out with a geography lesson. We have now finished with Italian and Spanish lesson to finish the episode. It's truly incredible. 
coach. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. It's been great to have you. <laughs> oh, you got it, coach. It was an absolute pleasure. And if you listen long enough, I can teach you a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> so, Coach Dan, uh, we appreciate you again coming on. So for my co-host, Chris de Blasio, I am Brian Rosefield. And thank you for listening to this episode of The Greatest Games. Gentlemen, it was an absolute pleasure.